You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. And it's Geeks Pub time. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David Cohen. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy it's all going to be better this year, isn't it? It's going to be great. Everything is going to be fantastic. Because <laughs> everything is going to change just because the everything. calendar rolled over. Yes. Yep. Makes all the difference. <laughs> Apparently so. So it is, as we record this, uh, January 2nd. We have celebrated the new year. Here where I live, we got a nice little snowstorm overnight. So the roads and the cars are all covered in snow. And I have to go to the store later. That's going to be fun. Actually, I'm in the Sequoia, so it actually is kind of fun. Um, I just don't like having to drive long distances and on the highway like I do every day for work when it's, you know, this much snow. But obviously, don't they clear the highway of snow? Well, yeah, but it still gets very slippery. I mean, what happens is they put salt on the road when it's really cold. That melts the snow. And then the snow turns to water, which then freezes, which makes the highway slippery in spots. That's why you see so many slide-offs. And, uh, you know, I'm on Interstate 94 to drive to work every day. And they're doing a lot of construction right now. So you've got a foot barrier between you and a concrete wall in some areas. And semis, you know, are in such, drivers are in such demand and short supply that there's a lot of them on the road running extra so they're tired and they're looking at their freaking cell phones mm. and they're causing major havoc there was this a guy that they reduced his sentence but it was like a 110 year sentence for killing people because he lost control of his truck yeah i heard about that just and, awful uh, he said his brakes failed yeah but there's places on that road that he was on exactly. that you can actually yeah. I actually saw a demonstration of that, those uh, runoffs. They're, it's kind yeah. of ingenious. It looks like a road until you get on it, and it's basically like sand and dirt, and you just sink right into it. It doesn't matter how fast you're going. It will stop yeah. you. Yeah. So, anyways, yep, it's 2022 now, and uh, it, I, I will say this. As far as geek culture, 2021, 22 has just Man, we keep getting more and more and more stuff that is just yeah. 100. I mean, it seems like mainstream media is just is centered on us at this point. It's it's kind of weird because, you know, we're still kind of creeping out of the uh, the dearth of movie releases that that we that kind of we that was that was entailed by COVID. Uh, and certainly the movie theaters aren't kind of back to full strength. But yeah. a lot of the stuff we're getting is pretty good. Yeah. A lot you know? and some of it is not. Um, yeah. <laughs> anybody who was hoping that maybe we're going to talk about Spider-Man, we're not going to yet because David still has not seen it. So we're going to hold off on that for a little yeah. while. Um, um, and, and, you know, in some respects, that's a good thing because actually that's the one movie that's really apparently everybody's going to the theater to see still. I mean, it's, it's doing the sort of numbers movies used to do, even though there's a, a, a big lockdown and yeah. I took kid the kids on uh, opening day, and we went very early. And um, there, there was maybe 20 people in the entire... Well, maybe more than that, but we were quite a distance away from everybody. So, yeah. And I told them, I said, look, if this is a full theater, unfortunately, even though I've already paid for the tickets on Fandango as a website and all that, we are not going to stay. And um, we got lucky. Yeah, I... I I need to find. We used to have a lot of theaters that had kind of balconies with the kind of the more expensive seats in. Yeah, 
Um, a lot of those have gone away, but I, I need to try and find one here in Manchester because maybe we can go and see it like that. Uh, France just said that they are not serving food or drink because they want you to wear your mask the whole time if you're in a theater. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, France has, has probably got the most restrictions anywhere at the moment. For a time uh, last week, they were saying to people who were British who were trying to travel across France because they had properties elsewhere in Europe or they were visiting family in Europe and then they needed to get to France to get back to Britain. They were saying, no, you can't, you can't come here. Um, they've kind of rode back on that now. But I know my brother who lives in France, they have very, very high restrictions because they're really trying to... The, the problem is Omicron variant, it spreads so easily um, and they're really trying to keep a lid on it. Yep. Um, they're not going to succeed because you can't. Correct. Because it, it, it spreads too easily. Correct. Um, you know, you can only slow it down. You can't stop it. But, um, yeah, everybody should be uh, concerned about that. And not enough people are. Yep. You know, I it, about half the people, if that, are wearing um, face coverings in stores when I go there. And if it's a busy store, I do as well again. I, I hate it. Yeah. It's not like I enjoy wearing a freaking mask on my face. I'm used to it, but I don't like it. But we've gone to, Julie and I have gone back to when we go grocery shopping. We're wearing face coverings, and maybe a quarter of the people are. The rest are just, I'm vaccinated, so I'm fine. Well, except you can still freaking pass it on to somebody else who isn't. Yeah, and, and not only that, you can still get it. And the, the problem is, is that the maths works in a way that, you know, most people who are vaccinated and boosted, who, who pick up Omicron, they will get very mild symptoms, if any at all. Yep. Yeah. The difficulty is, is that a very small percentage of those people will get it bad. Uh, and the problem is, if, if even if that small percentage is, is so small that you think, oh, well, out of a thousand, maybe one in a thousand will get it really bad. But it, when it spreads so much more easily, that means everybody gets it. And that means you still get lots of people who get it really bad and it kills them. So that's, or they end up in hospital and, uh, you know, a month in intensive care and long COVID. And uh, I, I don't understand it with you, you guys in America, you don't have a national health system, right? So presumably everybody who gets COVID gets landed with a massive life-changing medical bill for the rest of their life. Now, insurance covers it, but I think what's going to happen is private insurance companies are going to come out and say, <clears throat> we're not going to cover COVID expenses if you're not vaccinated. And that's yeah. what's going to push Republicans into finally getting vaccinated. Yeah. Ninety-two percent of Democrats in the U.S. are vaccinated now. Less than fifty percent Republicans because they keep listening yeah. to Fox News and you know social media crap that's just full of lies. And I, that's the vast majority of the people that are dying of COVID right now is Republicans. You'd think they'd freaking wake up, but yeah. And you know, here the people in in the hospitals in this country, and here there's no profit motive or anything like that associated with it. Most of the people in hospital here are unvaccinated. Yep. You know, and they come in, they've got COVID, and they're heading off to intensive care, and they go, "Oh, can I have my vaccine now?" And everyone goes, "Well, it's too late." Yeah. Well. Yeah. You can in six weeks after you if you recover from it. You can yeah, if you if you survive. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Let's get off of this crap and let's yeah. talk about fun stuff. A lot of movies and TV shows came out this last year. Yeah. One of the ones that I was actually, I, I would say, four of the things that I was most anticipating uh, recently came out, and I think number one on my list, even though 
<sighs> I would say Hawkeye would was number two. It, I think it's the best of the best of all of the stuff that came out recently. Oh, yeah. But I will yeah. say I was looking forward to the most, The Matrix. You know, all the ads leading up to it looked really interesting, and they finally came out. I assume that you got to watch it. I did watch it, yeah. So, what is your thoughts on The Matrix? Uh, this is a review Resurrection. of Resurrection. So, Resurrection. by the way, if you haven't watched it yet, spoilers ahead. We're not going to hold back <laughs> yeah, exactly. on any of the stuff we're talking about. Yeah. So, um, I've got to say, I loved the first half of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the first half was fantastic. Yep. Yeah, the, the whole, the I mean, I, how I, it was one of the Wachowskis who did this. The yep. other one gave their blessing, but was busy doing something else. So, so it was just one of the two. Um, and um, what they pulled off here in terms of ideas, and and you know, this is going to be a theme based on the original Matrix. Really, is phenomenal. Yeah. I think it, I think it had a lot of very clever ideas in it, and I think the whole first half of the movie, where you're basically going, well, is the Matrix even real, or or did you know did uh, you know Keanu Reeves effectively dream it up, uh, and he had he was having some sort of mental breakdown, um, and it basically the the whole of the first trilogy is made out to be a video game in the in his universe that he created, and it's like well. The whole thing could have been effectively a, a, like kind of a, you know, a Bobby in the shower in Dallas dream. And, and, and it flirts with the idea of, of what is this real or is it a fantasy? Uh, and is it a fantasy driven by his... Um, but they undercut that with the people from the waking world, if you will, are in, right at the beginning of the movie. And they know who Neo is, so it kind of invalidates the. Hey, well, they yeah, were but, flirting but with e- that. But even even there, you know, when you see the new characters like Bugs and and this sort of thing, you can you can so you can. I spent the first half thinking, oh, they could go along the line that this is all like in his head. Um, you know, I found that really interesting, and I found the way that he portrayed himself as a uh, the Keanu. You know, I thought Keanu Reeves' performance in the first half of this movie was really good. I agree. He, he really brings across this idea of a kind of a, a jaded guy who's done something amazing and, and is now being asked to do it again and doesn't know if he can and isn't really engaged with it and is a bit like kind of aimless and, and, and soulless and all that. I thought he played it really well. And I, I thought the first half of the movie was really good. And even that bit where, you know, he first encounters morpheus and bugs and the the guys are coming in and there's a there's there's a big you know kind of showdown in his office and the bullets are flying and the fires are going off and everything and all of a sudden he finds himself back in front of his analyst yeah i thought that was so good yeah about how you know this could all be in his head yeah and then they throw that away they throw all of that away um and you know, of course, he then finds his way out of the Matrix and uh, stuff. And, and even there, I thought the the way they dealt with, you know, the questions you had about how was he resurrected? Uh, how, how you know, what ha- after the first set of movies, what, what happened, you know, with the humans? Uh, and I thought the way they did that was all kind of, you know, really, really good, really interesting. And I thought, great, they're building this new world. Some of them are with the machines now and... You know they've they've got they've got a new society they're building and all this sort of thing and and I thought it, you know this is really going somewhere and then you get to the middle part of the movie and then it just turns into garbage mush yeah yeah it just let's turns be honest into mush. wouldn't it have been better if we would have had 
the first half of this movie took place in say the last 10 years, 15 years where you actually are introduced to new characters. This not in the matrix, new yeah. characters who are siding with the role. Well, some of the machines are siding with the humans yeah. more accurately. And you're seeing this civil war and the part part, or the point is they're trying to get Neo out of the Matrix because yeah, he is it, so powerful that he is effectively a prisoner of war. He didn't die at the end. They rescued him. He's in cryo or something where his brain is still active, but his body is not aging. They go and they get him out. That's the point. I, I think... I think that would have been much more interesting. I wanted to see more of the external world. Yeah. I've got to be honest. I wanted to see more of the external world in the original trilogy. Yeah, because what, after the first movie, the stuff going on inside the Matrix was less interesting yep. than the stuff going on outside. And in fact, you know, they filled the inside the Matrix with so much garbage um, in terms of co convoluted, this person does this, this person does that. And this movie does it again. Yep. Um, the problem... the fundamental problem i have i have with this movie and with the second and the third matrix trilogy is that they have all these great ideas and they don't know what to do with them yes exactly and so they layer on complexity and and the difficulty is is the complexity just exposes fundamental holes in the plot in in the plausibility of this universe they've created that in the first one it didn't matter because of what was going on. But in the second and third ones, and then this one, and the second half of this one, you go, well, yeah, but why? Why Why are they... And we talked about this before. Why are they so desperate to get people out of the Matrix? Right, yeah. to live in, in to shit. Live in, to live in a horrible, in a horrible, hard world, yeah? And and also, as well, it's, it's like, well, well, so why do they have to talk people into coming out of it? Why don't they just disconnect them from the outside? Why don't they find a way of... of um, battling battling the machines properly uh, without doing it inside the virtual world where the machines have advantage because the fundamental core and the the ending of this movie just illustrates this by the fact that it's so weak is that if if the machines are controlling your entire environment everything you experience there's no way you can beat that from inside the matrix correct yeah yeah because any as this movie demonstrates and they even pay lip service to it and, and neo when he wakes up out the matrix he kind of goes well i did all that stuff and it feels feels like it was pointless he actually says that in this movie which obviously is because he's just in another matrix he just says I, i'm back at square one and the problem is is that from inside the matrix they can always reset it and put you back in yeah, they could reboot it every day. Yeah, that'd be more interesting. If every day, to avoid people rising up against the Matrix, they rebooted it and it was like Groundhog Day. Yep. That would be more interesting. Um, the problem is, is that, yeah, despite everything he went through, he ends up back in the Matrix, different, apparently a different guy running it now, um, you know. And then the problem is they have... A whole load of callbacks to the original movies. Oh, uh, that and was... I, and, you know, my, there, my there's big, one thing that... I don't usually mind if they remind us of the movies. doesn't matter to the franchise. It, as long as it's okay, you know, they, they do it well. They did the callbacks and the worst. We're actually going to overlay scenes from the first movie yeah. to make you remember how much you loved. We're going to pretend that the second and third doesn't exist. We're barely going to acknowledge those. But we're going to keep showing you stuff from the first Matrix movie because that's the one everyone loves. Oh, it was so bad. It was just... Yeah, it, and they was, do it, it was in, nauseating. They do it in the excuse of trying to, well, first of all, to 
justify the changes in some of the some of the acting characters yeah, which you know, is who just are playing, bad. playing the same people and then and then secondly as a way they they say they're trying to jog neo's memory but what they're really trying to do is cover off the fact that that quite a large number of people who come and see this movie probably haven't seen all of the original ones right and i, I think which you know, is why maybe, they only focus on the first one uh, when they're yeah. looking back well, let's face it. Even the people, even when you came out of the of the theater off the third one, you couldn't really remember what happened in it because it was just so Convoluted complicated and, 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 and useless. Yeah. And and here's this is the other problem I have with this movie is that is that once you get into that second half, which is the action bit, yeah, the the original Matrix pulled that off because everything they were doing then was brand new. They were using a CGI. Uh, seamlessly put into act live action footage they had the whole bullet time thing you know they were using it in an inventive way to say what would happen if somebody could influence the real world in a in a in like it was a computer simulation the problem is that was that was 20 years ago yeah yeah no, we we this is this the sort of stuff they show in this movie today as well executed as it was and i can't fault the uh uh the wachowski um who who was directing i can't tell the two of them apart to be honest um uh, it was easier when one of them transitioned and one hadn't to be honest mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway um uh, the one the one who did who did this movie is is a fantastic filmmaker yep uh, and, and and god apparently the, apparently there was no second unit on this film <laughs> Right, all the action sequences that director did, as well as all the uh, traditional stuff that a director does in a movie, yeah, and and they are phenomenal. Don't get me wrong; they are absolutely phenomenal, but they're not as standout as they used to be. No, um, because it, it's been done everybody and does done this better. Now. Yeah, yeah it, exactly. And I, yeah, I have to say, some of the fight sequences I thought looked really laboured and tired. Well, um, here's the thing: where was Matrix? Where was Neo's powers? Every Anytime where they're going to show Keanu Reeves in a battle, he just waves his arm and an invisible force yeah. field knocks people over. It was fucking, yeah. it was boring. And, and also as well, you know, the the problem with the fan service, I don't think, I don't think they needed to have Agent Smith in this film. I, it didn't make any sense that he was there, particularly as he was a different character. Apparently Hugo Weaving was unavailable right. because of scheduling conflicts, right? So as soon as... If it, if it were me, as soon as they say, well, Hugo Weaving can't come and reprise one of the most iconic uh, characters in science fiction whose performance he absolutely killed, yeah? At that point, you go, right, write that character out. We're not doing that. If we can't get Hugo Weaving, let's not do it. Because um, Agent Smith in this movie, first of all, it was no sense he was being there because the whole point of the th- first trilogy was to defeat Agent Smith, right? And And apparently he's there and he's just kind of knocking around. Um, and letting things go for 60 years. He's all cool with that until he isn't when the plot demands it. doesn't make any sense. So they should have cut that character. They should have done something new. Um, and then, you know, the stuff where all of a sudden uh, they, they thought they were being clever by bringing back all the big characters from the second or third movies like the Merovingian as old people who are who are still awful. annoyed. Again, it's, it doesn't... If the... If the machines are building a new matrix, why would you allow all of those mistakes from the old ones to just pop up again? It 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 just it's just stupid, and and that that's when you really think, oh, here's the here's the supposed fan service. It's like, don't you remember that everybody hated those two, second two movies? They didn't like these characters anyway. Just cut them. Yep. You know. So, here, so here's where I think Matrix should have gone. 
that the the first part of the movie is, and by the way, 60 years later is bullshit. Uh, it should have just been like five or 10 years later. Or, or um, even just, just the time it has been, so you can account for the characters' aging. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> you know, it's, it's 20 years. Get, we have this ridiculous situation where um, Jada Pinkett Smith's character, Niobe, is meant to be older than everyone else. They have to put her in the aging makeup, which I know Hollywood loves. They think it's really, really cool. Everyone else thinks, oh, there's a woman wearing a plastic bag on her face. Yeah, pretty yeah? much. Nobody buys the aging makeup. It's never convincing. No, never is. <laughs> you know? So, so why put you in a situation where one of the characters is now you've got to make her older than everybody else you're showing on screen? It does, Again, it was just like, you know, unless... Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith said, uh, I'm not coming back unless you make me old because I'm so ashamed of what I did. I don't know. Well, but here's it, it, the problem with it is the one the one child that he meets in the first Matrix movie is in this as an adult, and she looks yeah. like she's in her 20s. Wait a minute. I thought it's, it's 60 years later. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, here's what should have happened. The first part of the movie is um, Keanu Reeves kind of coming to terms with Oh my God, is this a dream? You don't have to change anything except don't show anything from the outside. Yeah. Then he keeps coming across Carrie Moss's, Carrie Ann Moss's character. Yeah. Trinity. And he's got this obsession with her and he doesn't know why. And eventually, as he's awakened in the Matrix and his powers start coming back, he is getting these flashbacks. And then you can use the pictures from the old movie. That's fine. How is he still alive? They never address it. That's that would have been number one. Don't even don't even bring it up. Forget that he dies, yeah. and it doesn't matter because he's yeah. he's obviously back. Then it comes out that <clears throat> as he awakens, the resistance or the other side, the you know the rebellion, um, they approach him and they say, "You are in a new matrix. It's been twenty years, thirty years, whatever." Um, we are actively recruiting humans out of the matrix. We want you to join us, but we want you to stay in the matrix because you're more powerful here. This is where it makes the most yeah. sense for you to be. And of course he wants to go get Trinity. So he yeah. quote unquote awakens Trinity and she doesn't want to go because she has a family. This was one of my biggest problems. Yeah. The moment she remembers who she is, she effectively kills her husband and children. Yeah. Like they didn't freaking matter. They were still real people. They weren't programs. They were, yeah. that was their mom and dad. That was his husband, her, his wife. Yeah. And, and this is, this is the pro part of the problem with the, with the myth building here is, is that I, I'm struck as soon as the, the, even from the very first scene when they're kind of doing that, um, again, a very cool thing where they, they're basically the, uh, bugs is, Bugs and the Handler are reviewing this uh, this reproduction of their of Trinity's first actions in the original movie. Yeah, I th I thought the idea of having somebody outside looking at that running again, I thought was really kind of cool. Yeah, but then you, you start thinking to yourself, well, hang on a minute, they're in there and they're shooting all these people. Are those are those real people? Right. Or are they agents? Right. You can't tell. Right. Because you can't tell an agent from a real person. Right. Right, so presumably they can't tell either. And at one point, you see somebody who who's obviously playing, uh, you know, in their character in the Matrix is a is a police chief, and then he gets subsumed by an agent and then gets shot. And you just think, well, hang on a minute, 
does that mean the person who that was is just died from the matrix and yeah because they establish in the very first matrix movie if if you die in the matrix you die in real exactly. life so, so, so the whole swarm people, thing so is... So they're murdering. Yeah. They're just they're mur- they're murdering, murdering everyone. People. Yeah. Just, just murdering because, people. Just yeah. like it's nothing. Yeah, exactly. So if, the first, if this movie would have been Neo gets awakened, is recruiting people, he's trying to get back with Trinity, she remembers and says, no, I'll help you recruit people, but... I'm married. I, I actually love Harry or whatever the hell his name was. I have kids now. I know that this is the Matrix. That doesn't make it any less real. And she stays with her family. And Neo is forced to move on without her. That would have been that would have been the end of the movie that she's staying with her yeah. family and he's going to become an active recruiter. He's gonna be fighting the machines and shit in there. That would have been a way better movie. That it's not a happy ending. It is for yeah. Trinity because even though she loves Neo, she's married. She has kids. She's not yeah. going to give up her life and ruin her children's and her husband's lives because of Neo. That would make way more sense, and it would well, have yeah, been a way I mean, better movie. But the, but this is see this the, the whole second half, which revolves around. Um, Neo and Trinity's relationship and the fact that you, you know, this, this kind of, frankly, garbage concept that apparently keeping them close together but not right together allows the Matrix to run properly. It's just like, at this point, it's just like you, you're making stuff up. I yeah. mean, you know, it doesn't make it... It didn't make sense in the first movie that, that the... Uh, in the first set of movies, the second and third ones, where the, the, this whole kind of legendary thing about the one and... The Matrix breaks down, and and as I said, my you know, my whole problem with all of that is the ma- if the Matrix breaks down, and you always get the resistance and all that sort of thing, then just reset the Matrix every day, so it can't do that. Is is you know the the machines held all the cards and seemed unable to to do anything with them, and then this one, so we've got a new Matrix, and it depends on these two people and their relationship yeah, with each it made, other. It made and, no and it, sense. It made no sense, and yeah. and that's where that's where obviously where you know they ran out of they, ran, they they come up with the concept, but they ran out of the execution ideas. Mm, and, I don't even um, think they had the concept. I think that from, I think this was just a simple money grab. I think it's they wanted to make another Matrix movie because it's going to make a lot of money. I think that they got the cast that they wanted to to come back and do it, and the yeah. that's why they made. It's not here's the problem, number one. And it stop, starts and stops at number one. They didn't have an idea for the Matrix and wanted to make it. They had a bunch of people that wanted to make another Matrix decide yeah. to make one. And, and and obviously the Wachowskis were the ones who really have been saying no. Apparently they've been asked every year. Yeah. <laughs> ever since ever since 2003 when the, when the last one finished by Warner Brothers say, will you make another one? And right. every year they've said no. And this time they changed their mind and said Yes. Well, and, because the money know, was there. They finally uh, offered well, enough money. Well, ap- Let's appara- be honest. Well, apparently um, the Wachowski who directed this, their parents had died, they'd lost some close friends, and they felt they felt that um, making this movie and revisiting these characters would give them some more purpose in life again. And, horseshit. I'm not gonna, oh, sorry. I'm not, not going to... F- well, I'm not going to fault them. And it's horseshit. What, what, what does come through 
particularly through that first half, is the love of this universe and yeah. these characters. But they, yeah. uh, well, once again, they didn't know what to... The, the first yeah. Matrix was almost a, a perfect movie. It was, And it yeah. should never have been followed up without exactly. an, a solid yeah. plan. It was just... Exactly. It was the yeah. JR... It was the uh, Abrams's, here's the big set pieces and let's build a movie around it. That's all the Matrix is now. Yeah. So, well, I, and she I, said, I she's come out and said... This is it. They're not going to do another one. They they're not setting up a universe, which well, except, is horseshit. Ex- they're going to the ending of this most absolutely sets up another another movie. Yep, which I don't yeah. even care about now. Oh, I I certainly don't care about now. And as I said, I'm, I was what really disappointed me about this because you know I was skeptical about this to yep, start. Is that I, know. I watched the first half and I thought to myself, oh my god, they've actually pulled this off. Yep, so did this I. This is really. And then it went pet- downhill really fast. And then it fast. just it just you know I mean nose dived. I know people complain about the um, you know the third act problem in in Marvel Marvel universe uh, for movies, but this was just like worse. I mean, because it it literally went from flying high to a nosedive for me. Uh, you know, I I lost interest in it so quickly, yeah. Just because of of the choices that have been made, and I just thought, oh, really, what a lost opportunity. The moment the French you guys know? showed up, I was done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that that was exactly that point. That yep, entire that was scene. that was exactly yeah. when it went downhill. Oh, look, a whole bunch of homeless bums <laughs> who were the Merovingian and his henchmen. And yeah, and why are they homeless now? Why? Yeah. Why do they wear rags? Why are they because even here? It, it's, it's meant to be a metaphor for the fact that uh, they have no place in the matrix. It was a metaphor just... for the bankruptcy of ideas that they had in this <laughs> exactly. movie. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what it was a metaphor for. And uh, and you know what? I and the that... little nods in ha 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 moments of um, we're gonna jab at Warner Brothers a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we're so clever. Yeah. you shut up. You guys just took a great big paycheck. To make this movie. That's the only reason you made this movie. Keanu Reeves needs to stop revisiting after a long time his old movies. Bill and Ted, atrocious. This movie, <laughs> really bad. Just stick with the, uh, the the franchise you're in right now. Everyone loves John Wick. Just keep doing it. Even though there's tons of that movie that doesn't make zero sense at all. And it's well, kind it's, of stupid. It, but in some it's res- fun. In some respects, it's, having, it's going into the same problem that that this franchise did which is the 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 concept is very very simple but you can't just keep layering more and more buttercream on top correct because it is buttercream yeah it's you know it's sugar it's confection it's something that gives you a quick hit um but then afterwards it makes you feel kind of icky because you've eaten too much of it and that's kind of where we go and sometimes yeah because they start trying to universe build and it's like you don't need to Hollywood just needs to hire us as consultants. Come in and say no, no on this, no on that. So, yeah, I like to call it the uh, soap opera problem. Yeah. Right? So in a soap opera, yeah, you... uh, And it doesn't matter whether it's like kind of the daytime soaps. um, Maybe the daytime soaps have less of this problem, but something like Dallas, right? If you look at the run of Dallas or Dynasty or something like that, and then here in Britain we have these... Soap operas have been running every week for you know 20, 30, 40, 50 years in some cases, right? You have a certain number of characters, and there's only so many stories you can tell. So you end up with a situation with a long-running thing where every single character has changed affiliations three, three times. They've slept with everybody in the show. They've married half of the people in the show. 
yeah they um you know their motivations literally change from year to year depending on what the plot demands and the problem you have with these movies is you've got exactly the same issue which is and john john wick really really illustrates this you have characters who've been established all the way through the three movies and all of a sudden they're now starting to behave in ways that don't make sense for the characters just because they're still there and they've got to give them something to do so you end up with ian mcshane's character all of a sudden you know halfway through the third movie becomes a baddie because that's what they've got to do they've got to do something else with me can't keep doing the same thing he's been doing before and and this is the issue is that is that it makes the whole thing invalid if all of a sudden you end up a universe where people are changing sides and they're behaving in ways they haven't behaved before let's switch uh, gears and talk about something that just started if you haven't watched the very first episode of book of bubble fett I'm going to strongly suggest you do so, especially before listening to the rest of this discussion here. Um, Disney Plus came out with a, a Christmas present, if you will, for for Star Wars fans, and that is John Favreau returns to the Mandalorian universe of Star Wars, and he picks up right where he left left off with Boba Fett. Now we see at the end of uh, Mandalorian season two or three. Two, three, two. two. Um, you know, we see a quick clip, like a minute long, of Boba Fett and the one lady, I can't think of her name. Fennec. Fennec. Fennec Shan. Yeah, going into Boba's throne room and killing people and sitting down on the thing, and now the book of Boba Fett's coming. And here it is. And it was fantastic. What a great... It was so good. So here's here's what I mean. Right from the opening scenes of this, yeah. First, there's there's a couple of things I loved about this. First of all, is even though you can tell it's in that same, obviously it's literally the same Star Wars environment because it's Tatooine, the most important planet in the galaxy. Um, and I'm using that ironically, but apparently well, it has to be. Ba- That's how for, back- gonna- for such a backwater place, there's a hell of a lot of stuff that goes down on Tatooine, but. Um, immediately even though this is the mandalorian people using a character who on the surface you could argue could be quite seen as quite similar to the mandalorian himself yeah, yeah. immediately the tone is different totally different yeah the, and 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 yeah much like we've just just talked about with the matrix here's a master class in how to take something established and right from the first shot say yeah forget what you know because we're doing things differently here and yeah. the character is has growth, actual growth. Yeah, they've well, they've they've taken what was literally a cardboard cutout character from the first first three Star Wars movies, and turned him immediately into somebody with complexity and depth. It was only two and, movies. He started in uh, uh, Empire. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't so in you're, you're, New Hope. You're right. Yeah, but he was he he was also in. Um, peripherally in the in the prequel in the prequel movies as well. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but it, well, the point is, he was. A cardboard Quite cutout. Quite literally, yeah. a faceless, non-developed cardboard cutout. But no... he was a huge fan favorite because yeah. of that, because of the few lines. that he, he looked like a badass. He walked like a badass. He won in Empire. I mean, he gets the bounty. He takes off with yeah. Han Solo uh, and Carmine. And, let, and let's face it, he got uh, ceremoniously dumped in Return of the Jedi. Which pissed a lot. Of, that's one of yeah. the things that people hated about jedi was they just he screams and falls into the sarlacc well and not only that they made him look like a boob 
Yeah. Um, yeah. For somebody who was supposedly such a feared bounty hunter, they made him look completely utterly useless. Yep. Right. Um, and and that kind of then fits into the Mandalorian universe because one of the things I've always liked about the Mandalorian is even though he has this fearsome reputation, we see him all the time and we see the mistakes he makes. Yep. And sometimes he makes some pretty stupid mistakes. Yeah, he's a very humanized character. Exactly. Yep. And here, what we see is is that um, Boba Fett, uh, because, again, the, the thing I loved is that they, they didn't do the mystery thing with how he survived. They immediately go, well, you know, that's what you want to know. Let's show you. Right because at the beginning. Because it demonstrates who this character is. This character, whatever, however stupid he might be, and yes, he does make mistakes and everything like that. The point is he's incredibly tough and resilient. Yeah? He's he's almost relentless. He doesn't stop. I love yeah? the fact that he grabs the air supply of the stormtrooper that's in the pit yeah. with them it's like who, for who air it's like who knew they had that <laughs> well I, that's what i like about the mandalorian they're showing yeah. little things like this exactly, which makes yeah. sense exactly yeah it's uh it's like oh well, maybe maybe the reason they can't shoot straight is because they've got masks on under there and we know how uncomfortable that is um well they're in spaceships so, all the time so i always assume they have some kind of an air supply that's what the thing on the bottom of the back is yeah, you know, if, yeah. if they if they have a hull breach, they're all freaking dead, and yeah. they're constantly shooting giant lasers at each other. So it makes sense that they can still breathe in decompressed, yeah. you know, yeah. in a decompressed environment. So 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 anyway, we see him escape the Sarlacc, and um, in, and then and in a very Mandalorian like way, uh, in this this part of the universe, he then goes through a series of trials. Um, well, let's not again, you're you're jumping over part because how did the guy in the beginning of season two of Mandalorian, get the Boba Fett's armor. Well, you find yeah. out the the freaking little thief Jawas, the little the squirrels, took it, yeah. st- stripped him of his armor yeah. and and made off with it. So, but this is this is they what connect I mean, right? all of that stuff in a exactly. way that they don't sit there and explain and throw it in your face for two hours. Like, yeah, okay, it's obvious the Jawas came. We already know they're scavengers. We already know there's not a lot of redeeming qualities in Jawas. We've no. seen that in Star Wars movies, and we saw it in Mandalorian season one. Remember, he he, yeah. he hates the Jawas. Everyone hates the Jawas. Yeah, every, yeah. Little freaking thieves. Well, they stole his armor. Yeah. And then the Sand People come, who we're also familiar with. And of course, this is going to explain why you see him with the Bantha stick. Yeah. In Mandalorian. And and again, it, it just builds. It just builds the, this this character as you know he he just endures yeah he and then, keeps going and, and then you think oh he, well he must be done he must be done and then he surprises everybody by showing what he truly is is about you know and he, yes he does it in he does it partly for his own benefit but the thing is like what I like about about I think Boba he does Fett it is, all for his benefit yeah but yeah he does but the thing is he he does it the things he does he he he's they they kind of bring it across. He just reacts. He he doesn't. He he's not one of these ones who's constantly planning and scheming. He just reacts, and he reacts in ways that kind of benefit him. Um, and and he know, it, he reacts in a way that we would react. Exactly. Yeah. If you were if you were kind of like him and a, and a badass, yeah. this is what you would do. Yeah. And then it works in his favor, and you you can see that this is how it's building up the idea that you know he wants to take over the 
Tatooine crime syndicate, but he wants to do it in a different way than it's done before. And obviously what we're seeing here is this is what he's learnt from being stuck on Tatooine for five years without his armour. And this is, he's learnt to become this person. And you then, you know, we're talking all about these flashback scenes, but then we see what he's doing in the present uh, and he's saying, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in charge here, but I'm going to be in charge a different way. And, I'm, and it's going to be respect. Also, it's not going yeah, to be exactly. fear. And we're, de- and also we're seeing demonstration that people at the moment, certainly some people don't respect him at all. And, no, and, and why so, would as, they? As I said, I said to you um, when we were talking about this on text, he's he's so restrained. Yes. at the moment, yeah, he's so restrained because he wants to. These are the things he's learned is that, you know, you need to be measured, you need to be careful, you need to uh, do things a different way from the way they've done before. But you know at some point he's going to cut loose. And when he cuts loose, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be devastating. Yeah. Isn't I, I love how they're handling the Gamorrean guards in this. Yeah. They actually humanized but, them some. I, absolutely. I'm amazed again, talk by about that. Character development. You took things which, which were literally disposable, and not only that, were meant to they were designed to be ugly and horrible yes. and brutish yep. and immediately you you know you're you're it's a very quick they, way of they saying, were oh, loyal actually, to the last two guys will you be yeah. loyal to me and they're like yep and they go down to their knees and and then they show when exactly he, he they could have easily turned on boba fett when he is down yeah and they don't and they, they don't, pick him and, up and they take him to the back to tank and it's a quick shorthand to say, actually, maybe this idea that Boba Fett has is going to work. Exactly. Maybe there's something to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and also as well, I, what I like the whole back to tank thing is it, is it really shows that, you know, this, despite the fact that he projects this badass image, this is a guy who's not, he's not, he's, he's weak. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's not as badass as he looks because of everything well, they've humanized him. been through. They've humanized yeah. him, which means when he finally does cut loose, it's going to be even more powerful. Exactly. He, um, uh, he, we don't need a Terminator as Boba Fett that he can't be hurt and he wins it. No, you got to have human qualities to him. He's got to have flaws. He's got to have weaknesses. That means his victories are going to be, it's going to be more memorable and more important for him and what, us yeah. as the audience. What and, excites me? What excites me about this series now is to see because the one thing we don't really know why what what's going on at the moment is why he's doing all of this. Yeah. Why is he not? just you know flying off he's got a ship he's got a partner who he trusts why is he just not going off and doing things why why is he so motivated to do something why like go back to tatooine that yeah has been nothing but pain for you exactly so so so, so that's that's the interesting story yeah. and i'm looking forward to finding out and, and really this is what's great about this show hawkeye was the same is you watch an episode and then you think wow i can't wait to see can't wait to next. watch another one yeah <laughs> I will say this for, for Disney Plus series so far, for Marvel and Star Wars. I've liked every single one. I don't think there's been a bad Marvel Plus series, Marvel Disney series yet. Yeah. There are some that are better than others. And I think we just witnessed the best, but we'll get to that yeah. in a second. Um, what have they done in Star Wars? Well, they've done The Mandalorian two seasons so far. And they're fantastic. They're everything you want Star Wars to be. The Mandalorian, oh, the two yeah. seasons are better than anything Star Wars has done on the screen, oh, with I, the exception of here. maybe um, um, Rogue One and Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, and not not only that. I mean, you're constrained Star Wars. I would say that that I would, given a choice, I'd take the Mandalorian and but and 
both both of that is part of that same universe. Sure. So I'm going to put them together. I would take those if I if they say right, you can have the MCU shows or you can have the Star Wars shows, but we can't have both. Which ones do you have? Mandalorian. End of end of discussion. I got to go mean, Marvel. Ma- well, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I love them both, but I I would say just because the overall consistency and quality of this is so good. But they I haven't would, on. The, would I, I would think that that's the same with Marvel. Let's, yeah, let's look at the series yeah, but, so far. It started yeah, with. Yeah, but my, my straw man is you've got to have one and the other. Yeah, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is I, I, if you had to choose one or the other, you go to a desert island and you can have one or the other. Which Marvel. Which would it be? Marvel. Well, it's, got me, a, it's, it's got a bigger it's got a bigger history at this point. Yeah. Uh, well, I'd, I'd say. I'd and they've just, got a lot more fodder to pull from. Just in terms of my overall enjoyment, um, I would I I enjoy, I've, I've never seen an episode of The Mandalorian or, um, or or this one where I've just thought, oh, well, that, that was okay. I agree I, with I, you. I, I love every yep. single episode. Yeah, but thankfully you know, we don't live in that world, and we can God, enjoy yeah. both because yeah. man, they're just oh, man, they're doing so good. It's I'm so happy about this. You know, well, um, you know what? let's Hawkeye, go. Ahead. Yeah, Hawkeye is is brilliant because again these same things they've taken a character who was he, he wasn't one-dimensional i mean he, he really no, was he was very complex and hawkeye yeah. was very instrumental look in the very first avengers movie he the is guy. the bad made guy to be the bad guy yep. for half the movie but yeah. he comes back and he's brilliant right yeah and and you know they they really play off the idea that he's the um the kind of the under the um not not as high profile as 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 any of the others in terms of in terms of his pub he's, he's, everyone knows who he is his public recognition but maybe you know everyone is is much more interested in the superpower characters and this guy they make they they right off the bat they say this guy is is you know don't think he's a superhero he's very skilled but he's not a superhero no he That's is a how weapon. he's yeah, but he doesn't see himself that way, and you know they bring in a flaw that you know the fact that he, that, that um, this has taken a huge toll on him um, physically, you know not not with his abilities, but the fact that he's got this he's got this deafness, you know. Well, and, that's and they, the thing they they show him that he has a hearing problem now, and why? And then they just shut cut to a couple of <laughs> Avenger shots where things are blowing up right next to him. He, yeah. This is a guy that's he's getting older. Uh, he's got a family, yeah. and he, he's not looking for an adventure. I love the fact that there's a Rogers, Steve Rogers yeah, musical. musical. Yeah, and I, I can do this all day. This that was yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. And then he is sitting there like, oh my god, I got to get out of here. And then you know he sees Nate, and it brings back some memories. And they don't shy away from showing the moment where Nate dies in. The Avengers, you know, that this is still affecting him. And they don't shy away that he was a bad guy for a while. He went after the bad guys. He was a, you know, Ronan was an anti-hero. He was, was yeah, he was a lethal vigilante. Yeah, because (laughs) he was always that. He was always a, he was never a superhero. He he was a guy that shot arrows, truck arrows or not, at bad guys. And when an arrow hits a bad guy, they generally die. And Hawkeye killed yeah, a lot of people in this series. Right. A lot of people I mean, gloss over that, but yeah, this is this is one of the uh, this is one of the things that's always you know when you watch the Arrow show, 
um, you think, well, he, this guy's shooting arrows at people. That's normally pretty lethal. And, and apparently um, most of the people who get shot in arrow, uh, it doesn't kill them. Yeah. That's the plot demands it. Um, most people and, don't uh, realize that an arrow with a compound bow hits harder than a bullet does. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Way harder. Uh, and, and also... and. and probably does more damage as well. Oh, well, so, yeah. depends on the bullet. If it's a soft bullet, no, the bullet will actually shatter inside the body and spread out and just destroy things, whereas yeah, an arrow but, doesn't do that. Yeah, but put it this way, being hit by an arrow is not something you just cut like in many of these these things people just kind of like limp off and it's okay. Right. No, that's not going to happen in yeah. a real arrow. So, so as much as I like Hawkeye in this series, I have to say I like Kate Bishop even more. Oh yeah, she oh, yeah. is. Talk about perfect casting. She is the perfect actress to play this role. She's got yeah. this wide-eyed, mischievous, and at the same time innocent to her. Yeah. Um, I think that they established her character at the beginning in a way that I haven't seen before in any Marvel show, but it was brilliant. It's during the Avengers first movie. Mm. Her apartment complex, whatever it is. Um, is devastated there's a and she looks out and she sees the shot from hawkeye and that's where she she, everything starts right then that 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 corner building where he spends uh, a good part of the final act of the avengers movie is just across from her apartment building so she sees him shooting people down he he then saves inadvertently saves her yep um is not able to save save her father um but you know it it just it it puts her into the world very succinctly and it and then gives you the in, in this great way and they did this great um credit sequence that basically shows her becoming who she is now you know she just basically is motivated by by what she saw with hawkeye to be the best at all of these martial arts and arrows and, and all this sort of thing and and it's just hard just as as it must have been with clint barton it's just hard work yeah keep, talking, hard work. keep talking for a second yeah and uh, you know, then we get this character, and and you know, she has all these abilities, and they, and they are just it is just hard work and and strength and and grit and commitment to to give her what she calls herself as, as probably one of the greatest archers of the world, and you know, even Clint grudgingly admits she's she's a great archer, but it it, it the, what they haven't done is they haven't turned her into a superhero, somebody who's ready to take on the mantle. You know, she at the beginning of the of the show, she's you know she makes stupid mistakes. She's she's impulsive. Um, she's got she's got the right motivation, good heart, but she she doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, and even when she's fighting people in the first few episodes, it's clear that she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, and the idea that that um, that she's kind of brought along and, and kind of just brought into this, um, and and the whole way through, Clinton's going, "Are you sure you want to take this path?" Because I've paid a lot of price for it, and you will play the same. Uh, and uh, you know, of course, she's she's nineteen. She's going, yeah, I don't, I don't mind about the sacrifices. <laughs> I like I like the fact that they set some things up for other Marvel shows. The the one thing I didn't care about was uh, the deaf girl. Yeah, what's her name? Maya. Yeah, I know she's getting a series, but and I'm hoping they really play. I didn't care much about her character. I get her motivation. Yeah, but I didn't really care about her, and they keep talking about the big guy, which of course we all know is revealed to be Kingpin. Yeah, and it is the same Kingpin that we saw in the Daredevil series. 
Yeah. Um, Which is, you know, which, again, I, I think, People were afraid that that Marvel would not be that bold as to as to they thought they thought he would recast him and and for that because because obviously once you bring in that kingpin, then um, everything you know, that happened everything happened. that ha- that validates everything that happened in the Marvel Netflix shows yep. and, and I I think what do you think that thought, means for Daredevil? Well, I don't think it means anything except that when they decide to use Daredevil, it will it will be Charlie Cox, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to use Daredevil. Um, I think I think they've they've taken the choice to say we set the Netflix shows in the MCU. I wish you've so seen everything so far. Sorry, nothing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it, it, most people listening knows what I mean by that. Um, I will say that I'm glad they brought Kingpin back. Um. I think he's probably the best bad guy. Yeah. You know, and he is truly terrifying. Obviously, he's not killed at the end of the series. Um, I think he's going to have a big role in her series, the her solo series coming up. Yeah. The one I was really surprised about was her parents, in that at first they're trying to tease that maybe this new stepdad is the bad guy, mm-hmm. and he's totally not the bad guy. Oh no! Well, he is I, exactly who you think he is for the yeah, most I, part. I, again, I, I I know that's what they were trying to do, but I I am as as we're watching it, as, right? The thing with the sword fight, right, where she challenges him to fence, and then she exposes that he's much better than than he really is. I, at that point, I'm I'm thinking I know what they're going for here, but I don't buy it. And you know, I was I personally wasn't that surprised when it turns out that he's he's just a dude. He's just you know? a dude. Well, actually, yeah. he's he's named after the swordsman in the uh, Marvel series, so he is a well, guy. But yeah, I know, but he's not he's not he's not a player. No, <laughs> at least not in this adventure. <laughs> he's a well, he's a player for for her mom, but <laughs> yeah, and her mom's a kind of a bad guy. She's been doing business with Kingpin. Yeah. I thought that was great. What yeah. I thought was the best was uh, the new Black Widow and yeah. Kate. They're becoming friends, if you will. Stop making me like you. Uh, it yeah, was frenemies when, frenemies when she is, shows up at yeah. her burnt apartment making macaroni and cheese yeah it is so good oh yeah. i could watch that scene over and over and then the elevator scene oh my god it's so good and that she wants but, to kill hawkeye because hawkeye was there she blames him for the death yeah. of and, natasha and, and she was she was told that by by her new handler that that hawkeye was responsible which isn't true but you know she she gets a very she gets a cliff nose version to what happened yeah and then runs with it you know look i think i think one of the one of the i talk about using um vincent d'onofrio still as kingpin one of the great strengths of all of these shows and we're talking about i'm talking about the star wars ones as well is their insistence on using really good actors yes. for these hundred percent for casting these roles? You know, they know what they and that this is the advantage they have when they're doing the casting across the universe. Yep. Yeah. So for the Black Widow movie, you know, they selected Florence Pugh. Um, At first, I was like, yeah. uh, "She's just a cute blonde." I get it. She's, this is, yeah, she's a she's a great great actress. Yeah, and they're yeah. giving her they gave her more meat in the Hawkeye series yeah. than they did in the Black Widow movie. 
I mean, yeah, she's they, so much better here. Yeah, well, they they did because it, it was you know it's establishment and then it's um, yeah know, she's got more, they got more time to fill too exactly yeah but um and and then and then again Haley Steinfeld this is a this is a Oscar nominated actress yeah you know um this is this is what you need to do if you want to really make these things good you need to have great writing and then you need to have really great performances yep and uh, and, and, and they're they doing are, it they on both these these universes if you will yeah i mean and, and also as well not not to you know obviously the whole productions are very good but i i think the whole creative teams behind these including the directors and producers really know what they're doing yep uh, and and you know they they are giving great direction and 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 great great story building that kind of really hangs these things all together. You, you know, and that's the same Ke- with the Kevin Loki Feige show. is you know. obviously in charge of all of Marvel stuff, and it, and it shows. And you can tell that Kathleen Kennedy, while she's in charge of overall Star Wars, she is completely leaving Favreau alone. I think from yeah. from orders from up top because his yeah, stuff exactly, is so yeah. good. Yeah, They're yeah, like, don't, don't this is his thing. Days, yeah. You're gonna leave. He's gonna do whatever he wants, including creating new shows. He makes all the decisions in the Mando universe. Yeah. You know she doesn't like it. You know she doesn't. But at this point, Favreau, and remember, he's in Spider-Man movies. He's in Marvel as an actor. He was the director of the beginning of the entire Star Wars or Marvel Universe with Iron Man. He's an extreme, he wrote this thing. He is an extremely talented person. And he's the fat guy in in Rudy. (laughs) You know what? I'm, I'm sure Kathleen Kennedy is terrified of the day that um, that John Favreau and Dave Filoni go up to the Disney suits and pitch the next Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. they go, you know, you know, we're busy on this, but but we think we can take stuff and we can make movies out of these because then she's out of a job. She is out of a job, and she should be. <laughs> Let's be honest, she should be out of a job because yeah. all the bad Star Wars didn't have the fingerprints of the people that know what they're doing. Yeah. So hopefully that happens sooner than later. Um, <laughs> But in the meantime, now they've had three Star Wars series, not including the cartoon, on Disney+. Plus. They've had, what, four or five, um, let's see, there was... Is it five? We had WandaVision. We WandaVision, had, um, which I... Captain America. Captain, well, Captain yeah. America, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, we, we had, had Loki. Uh, Loki. And yeah. we have this. This. So Is four. An, yeah, isn't there another one, June? Well, there's there's a bunch of them coming. Well, there's but a bunch of them coming. Yeah, She Hulk yeah. is coming. She Hulk. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm, I'm really looking forward to know, that. Yeah, and we know yeah. that uh, the Hulk's actually in it. Yep. So and again, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to. They what they the the great thing they've done in them, in, particularly in the MCU, is they've removed that artificial divide between movies TV and, and TVs. Movies. Yes. Yeah. You know, well, they've done got, it. Well, they've done it once they started Disney Plus, yeah. because that artificial thing was still there when ABC was running Agents of Shield, which yeah and, started and, good and then just went freaking downhill. Yeah. And then obviously the Netflix shows were were their own thing. Yep. Um, you know, well, kind of, but not really. They now. Were, well, no, they were in the. Well, I'm talking about there was no crossover from right, like, and from now the main, there's yeah. crossovers all over the place, and you need that. You got it. You can't have a She-Hulk without having Bruce Banner there to establish that yeah, this is his cousin or whatever it, it is. It won't make any sense, right? That that you know somebody else ends up with the same, a similar power set to his own, and he just goes, "Oh, well, yeah, okay, I'm not interested in that." Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, here in Hawkeye, 
yeah it you've you've got a you've got somebody who's taking on the hawkeye mantle yeah but it, again it makes sense that um having established in black widow that uh that that nat had a had a pseudo sister that she would want to go and follow up with the guy who was involved in her death yeah yeah it makes sense and so 100%. if he's in a tv show she's going to be in the tv show i know a lot of people were kind of oh you know I, you know obviously she's going to be in the tv show but it, it just makes sense the, the point is the whole universe is a single universe yep and people move back and forth between and and the, the you know the advantage that that we have with disney is that they really want to juice the disney plus viewing figures so they're prepared to invest the money because it is about money at the end of the day to allow this to happen the budgets for these shows are movie budgets they're yep. not and, know, and, as well and, as and they should be yeah but it's good value for disney because oh, it's I huge the, i bet the budget for the whole hawkeye series yeah is less than what it'd been for a for a, a hawkeye movie know, for, for a Hawkeye movie, or, or or certainly a lot less for the for the new Spider-Man movie, because um, you know it's it's you've got your built-in audience. It's on a TV channel, you know. You're spreading the cost over uh, multiple episodes, so even though you're filming more, you're getting better value out of your characters. You can afford to bring. I, I will who's, spoil. Who's got, um, I'll spoil you know. one thing for you about the new Spider-Man movie. In one scene, you can see Steve Rogers' musical billboard. Well, again, that doesn't surprise me. It's a, it's a. I think it's it's going to become a bit of an in joke in the uh, mm-hmm. in the universe now. You know, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's all good. It's an and, abundance uh, of riches in twenty twenty one and going into twenty twenty two. I think we've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Especially, I'm really looking forward to talking about Spider Man with David eventually. Yeah, when he gets to see it, we've got another two weeks before the next episode of Geeks. Oh, Club. I'll, I'll 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 figure something out before the next one. And, uh, so. That way we uh, we could continue the Marvel discussion with. It looks like it's going to be one of the biggest movies of all time. I mean, it's it's in the midst of a COVID surge. Spider Man is doing great, which kind of bums me out and makes me happy at the same time. Um, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the Geeks Pub as soon as we get done reading our email because we've got an email from Donnie Yankalo. Did you get that? Indeed, we have. Yeah. Yep. Do you want to read it? I'm going to read it. I'm just bringing up notes on my phone. So Donnie, uh, of course, is yeah, yeah. a longtime contributor at yeah. mymac.com. Um, he's he's. Uh, have we had him on either Tech Fan or? Seems uh, like he was on Tech Fan or maybe Geeks Pub at one point. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I think I think he may have been in back in the day, but not for a long time. Not for a long time. Got to have you on again, there, Donnie. So, yeah. So he goes, hey guys, thought I'd chime in on the toy discussion, because as, as uh, listeners will recall, we talked about toys a couple of weeks ago. Absolutely. One toy I fondly remember was, was from when I was about 10. It was a portable electronic game that I think was called Cobra Command. A kid in my class had it, and he brought it to school, and we would all sit under a table, taking turns flying a helicopter through a maze and shooting other helicopters. It was all very basic as far as graphics are concerned, but we all loved it. I had an aunt, her uncle, and who got my brother and I one gift every year and it was always whatever we wanted we knew to ask for the special gift from them and that year I asked for this and got this game are you, are you aware of this game? I don't know it I don't know it I, maybe uh, if I saw a picture of it it would yeah. jog a memory because Donnie's yeah. around my age so but yeah. I, I don't know he then goes on as far as Star Wars toys we only had action figures in my house no ships however a kid that lived behind me had every toy in the line ships and all he rarely came outside. That's because he had all the toys. Yeah, he didn't have to. <laughs> but I remember he had the Falcon and everything else. We were all jealous of him. 
I do still have many of my figures thanks to my parents, and I have a small ship from Battlestar with the little tiny Starbuck figure. Yeah, I had those oh. too. Yeah, yep. cool. Yeah. And then he goes, changing subjects. The Hawkeye series was fantastic. I'm not a huge Marvel fan, but I watch it all with my son. This is my favorite of the bunch so far, especially finale. Yeah, Happy I agree New with Year's. him. Stay safe. Happy New Year to you as well and to everybody else out there. I agree with him. I think this is the best of uh, the Marvel series so far. Yeah. Um, can you hear this? Yeah, this is I, my, I was going to ask. This is my split second game. Which is uh, kind of a spiritual successor to Merlin. Yeah. And this 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 is one. Um, yeah, it, so it so it has an LED display with dots and dashes on it, and they're very inventive. Um, the games it has uh, nine games on it. So this one is one where you have the thing that looks like a Tie Fighter, and it's dancing around the screen. You had to move it to the center where the dot is, and then hit the red button to shoot it, and it that kind of blows up an explosion of dots and dashes. Um, and all of the 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 game's called Split Second. Everything, all of these games are timed. Yeah. So the idea is, is that you try and complete them as quickly as possible. It gives you a big time display, stores that in the game, and then you're, you you hand it round, and everyone's trying to beat the time. Um, it's really, really cool. This one I've bought is in a really great condition. The... And there we go. Yeah, sorry, I'm playing Burger Time handheld. Yeah. It is not backlit. It is terrible. And I just died. Yeah. You can't actually turn the game off. There's no on and off button. All right. So is, is this this like the handheld thing? So it's a bit, yep. bit like a Game of Watch, yeah. Yes. Uh, this one, my understanding was they were only made in Japan, even though everything's in English. Um, they have retained their value like crazy. Well, retained. They've gone up in value. Um, I never found them under 100 bucks, and I finally did, and I bought it, and it works. I had batteries in the house for it, which was kind of surprising. And I was, I'm very happy. And I got that. And remember when we were, I believe it was on um, Tech Fan last week, or was it, were we talking about this website? No, we were talking about it here on uh, uh, Geeks Pub. Um, yeah, the, the website, yep. the website with all this stuff. And I it. bought the, yeah. I bought Blip while we were on the air. Yeah, and right. it arrived and it was in just as good a shape as I hoped. And uh, it works fine. So I got yeah. Blip and I got, I got, I need a, I need to figure out a display solution. I haven't figured that out yet for these handheld games that I keep picking up now. Yeah. Um, so I, I have, I got something new here that um, I haven't opened yet, and and I'm, I'm really kind of torn. This is so cool looking, and that's why I don't want to open it. But I know what they don't want to play it, so I do want to open it. So what do I do? This is from, you know, the people who do Tiny Arcade who do yeah. those little keyring. Yeah. Arcade did you get consoles. the Atari Twenty Six Hundred? I did. Yeah, I've yeah. got one. Yeah, and and it, it, the thing is, it looks so cool in the box because the way they mount it, it it's, it's so, cool. So for yeah, so for anybody who who doesn't know what we're talking about here, basically it's a little um, miniaturized uh, old style CCTV, the ones in the big wooden cases, made of plastic, obviously, uh, and then a little original wooden twenty six hundred and a little tiny Atari joystick. But the thing is, it all works. Yeah, I just so I just turned mine on, and yeah. so the TV turns on, yeah, and then push to start. I push to start. Where's start button? I don't know where the start button. There it is. Uh, oh, you got pushed on the joystick. So it has a little joystick that works, and then I'm gonna go to Pac-Man, and let's see. So the little TV is an actual TV. It actually works. 
And that and, is the sound of the original 2600 Pac-Man. And it seems to run at about a third of the speed as the actual Pac-Man. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not going to... You're not going to play all of these games like, you know, in an intense gaming session. It, no. This is, this is a, something to demonstrate, but yeah. it is incredibly cool. But it has, they have, it has a bunch of games on it. Yeah, it has 10 games on it. Um, Centipede, Pong, Missile Command, Breaker, and these are all the 2600 versions. I Though haven't I think played the, anything The Asteroids, look, look in the picture on here, the Asteroids does not look like the 2600 version because the 2600 version had, like, big coloured Asteroids, and this looks like it's got... Uh, Let's it's got, see. Uh, more arcade type ones. Oh, yeah, this is definitely uh, arcade. Uh, arcade. And again, it, oh, this this runs a little faster. Yeah. Oh, I just died. But I have to have my reading glasses on to look at that one yeah. inch screen. I mean, it's. It, it's really it, what, tiny. It, it, if you if you ever had a twenty six hundred, this is dripping with nostalgia. Oh my god! It's very very cool, and it's cheap. The, yes, even like, the the TV has little legs that pop out. Yep. I totally opened this the moment I got it. Yeah. Well, you know, I really wanted to, but then um, as I said, the setting it, is I love very it in cool. The box. Yeah. I, I actually, the box they box just came out in the U.S. like a, a week ago with these. Right. I mine came from uh, the U.K. Right. So I paid as much shipping as the damn thing cost, but yeah. There wasn't uh, a clear-cut answer if we were going to get it in the U.S. And you guys never had the 2600, so I was like, what the hell? But well, we had the 2600. Did you? Of course, yeah. Oh, I, oh yeah. There was no, some reason we, I didn't think you did. I don't no, know why. we did. We did. It, it was caused a massive stir when it first came out, because you remember the packing yeah. was Space Invaders. Yes. Uh, well, no, it wasn't here. Oh, well, it was here. We had combat. Here was, all right. Uh, uh, oh, maybe I'm misremembering then. Mate, you're right. It, the packing was combat. You are absolutely right. But, but when they first started selling them, there was no Pac-Man at that point. You, everybody bought Space Invaders. Space Invaders. They were selling yeah. almost one to one. Yeah, and it was Space Invaders was as huge here as it was in the US. Yep. So um, lots of people bought it so they could play Space Invaders on the TV. I think I remember was, um, when it first came out the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I remember reading that um, Space Invaders was. Not a hundred percent, but they would sell like one point two five Ataris to every one asteroids, which meant almost everybody who bought one got asteroids because got it space may invaders, uh, space invaders. Um yeah. because it may be lost to a lot of people at this point, but um when it first came out, again there was no Pac-Man or anything like that. No. In arcades, Space Invaders was gigantic. Space Invaders created the arcades because they didn't really exist properly. Exactly. Before. Yeah. Yeah. There were so many Space Invaders. There were there were places in Japan that it was like you know this huge building and it was nothing but like three hundred Space Invader arcades exactly. in there. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah. they they actually banned um, play during certain points. Yeah. Um, it was because of those places that we got tokens because they were running out of actual coins in Japan Yeah, that it was becoming a big problem. So they made these <laughs> tokens that they could take instead so that you'd put your yeah. money in the machine. So the money would still be circulating cash money, which is a lot easier to print than hammering out more coins. It space invaders was it. it I don't think nowadays it gets as much credit as it deserves. It no, was Pac massive. 
Pac-Man was was more accessible, I think. The, the thing is, Space Invaders was mostly played by guys, but Pac-Man that was specifically well, there designed. An, well, but you got to remember though, when Pac-Man came out, there already was arcade, so it was prime yeah. for Pac-Man. That's why Pac-Man exactly. became way more popular. But but, but yeah, Pac-Man Space Invaders was, laid the groundwork for a success it, successful game like centipede or pac-man or what have you i can i completely agree but pac-man was specifically designed to appeal more to uh, women as well as men because they saw that there's a gap in the market yep um and and consequently i think that's why pac-man has um way more nostalgia got more yeah it's it's got more kind of nostalgic recognition Mm -hmm. but space invaders was what started it no no question about it then yeah before pac-man arrived space invaders was it yeah there was there there was other arcade machines, but nothing like Space Invaders. It was, and it was almost a perfect game. The music yeah. and the sound. There was no music. Yeah. It was dun, dun, yeah. Yeah. dun, and it would get louder or it would get uh, faster and faster as they get towards the bottom of the screen, exactly, and that yeah. would just build the anxiety as the player. And by the time you had two or three, boy, the sound is just fast and they're moving. And oh my gosh, it was uh, anxiety. And for the first few years um, after, uh, well, you know, really during the highlight of the of the that early '80s boom of video games, like, I would say probably a good forty fifty percent of all the games that came out were were basically variations on Space Invaders. Oh, trying to most of them were because yeah. that, that idea of, of a there of wasn't a, base a lot the, of originality. No, the idea of a base at the bottom of the playfield and something you were shooting at the top of the playfield, uh, and it developed. You know, you had Galaxian where the the ships would come down and attack you. And then uh, I'm a little Gallagher. disappointed that they didn't come out with. Oh, Tempest is on here too. I wonder what Tempest is like on this. Uh, it looks like the. Um, it must be the arcade version. Yeah. The twenty six hundred version of Tempest is awesome. Oh yeah, it's definitely the arcade. Yeah. And I suck at it. They got me. Yeah, I I, I got um, you know I have the Evercade which takes the cartridges. Yeah. So I got um a couple of Atari um, Atari there are Atari twenty six hundred and seventy eight hundred and stuff like that uh, cartridges, um and one of those has the twenty six hundred version of Tempest on and it's virtually unplayable. It's um it's really really bad. No. Um, it's interesting they choose I guess it must be licensing it's interesting they choose to uh, present some of those games that are really really awful but you know I was playing Yarl's Revenge yesterday and that is still a fantastic game oh Yarl's Revenge is awesome even though it's very awesome. very simple yeah but even though it's very simple it's, it's probably really the very game. I would say that and Barnstorming is the two best Atari 2600 games yeah Barnstorming I, I, is great yeah. I liked a lot of the ones from a company called iMagic they yep. did these really cor- colourful, high-resolution 2600 games, which were quite rare at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a few that were pretty good. But maybe that's just because I had them as a kid. For me, it was always Pac-Man on the Atari 2600, even though it would cause seizures and it was awful and it blinked. Well, you know what? They did a Miss Pac-Man for the 2600 that was much, much Way better. better. It was much closer to the arcade. Well, game. and that's because they didn't put a time constraint when he had to have it developed like they did <laughs> yeah. in the first one. And by the time that came out, they really knew how to take advantage of you know, all the power of that machine, which wasn't much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So with that, we are, we'll wrap up this episode of um, the geeks pub. We hope you guys join us next week when we are on tech fan 
and uh, we love to get feedback. It's the show at Geeks Pub, the Geeks Pub, no, Geeks Pub Podcast, GeeksPubPodcast.com. Uh, you can always find us under the Tech Fan umbrella on social media. It's Facebook and Twitter. Um, of course, you can go to MyMac.com or GeeksPubPodcast.com and leave a comment in the show notes, and we will copy and paste it into our notes and read it right here on the show. David, I'll see you next week. See you then.